0: 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street! 5, four, three, two, one.
1: Happy March, everyone. Welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast from the Mass and Web Studio by Blanco, Amy Jennings. Joining you live on the Mass and Nationals Facebook page and YouTube channel, so hopefully we're making... Uh, or, or you're tuning in and making us a part of your Tuesday, March 1st. It's March, Amy. That's unbelievable. Afternoon. Um, of course, be sure to stay tuned throughout the course of the day. March 1st being the imposed deadline, so to speak, between the uh, MLB and the Players Association for a, a deal. Uh, Marcus Zuckerman has you covered on com. We'll have you covered at mass and nationals across all social media platforms. Um, if any news breaks while well, Amy's still available before she falls asleep, we could possibly hop on for another <laughs> podcast or we'll chat to you later this week or something like that. But a lot going on March 1st. Amy, do you think they get a deal done?
2: I think they have to, Bobby.
1: What, what are what are these deadlines? Like,
2: yeah, They're not deadlines. <laughs> Clearly, uh, they're not deadlines. Did
1: you have any... Prof- I wish we because had more professors in Maryland that yeah. had were a little looser with these deadlines yeah, than these they're guys like are. If you don't get
2: it done, it's fine. We'll just push it back till tomorrow at five.
1: You yeah. Know?
2: a little loose. These are a little bit yeah. loose deadlines, but I hope they get it done just for the sake of yeah. being done talking about it. Players can get to camp and we can get this show on the road. Yeah,
1: I but, agree. Um, do you we, think they do? I, I don't think you push back a deadline, a deadline, Um without...
2: Having Without been kid, confident that you can do yeah. it by that because
1: like what's the point right you know why why push back f- from last night to today if if you didn't think you could get it done so true um, but yeah uh, we'll have you covered throughout the course of the afternoon evening whatever whether there's whatever happens one way or the other mm-hmm. a, a deal or not deal deal or no deal, deal or no we no. will have you covered at mastingsports.com at mark zuckerman at Mastin Nationals, at bobby blanco at Amy jennings news uh, all across social media's and of course the website um, so be sure to tune in. Um, later this afternoon into tomorrow morning for all your coverage related to MLB, MLBPA labor negotiations. Um, obviously, that's the big story right now in baseball right now, um, and everyone is keeping an eye on that. We are going to wait until a, 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 some sort of deal is struck to get into that more often. But So for right now, we we're actually kind of lucky and fortunate mm-hmm. um, that DeJon Watson, the Nationals' new director of player development, spoke after the Nationals' minor league camp broke Over the weekend down at West Palm Beach, there is some baseball happening. Um, Minor league baseball will go on according to plan and as scheduled. I think their spring training officially starts later this week um, or early next week. I can't remember exactly which day. Um, And their opening days are still on track. So Rochester, uh, W.A. Harrisburg, Wilmington, and Fredericksburg, they will all start their seasons on time. Um, and as scheduled, so there is some baseball being played, just on the minor league levels, not at the major league level. And John Watson, um, first off, it was a w- crazy turn of events. He spoke with us, the media, on Saturday afternoon, and then Sunday morning, the Nationals unfortunately released a statement sending their condolences to Dejon Watson that his his mother actually passed away as well um, on Sunday morning. So we of course want to extend our deepest sympathies mm-hmm. from everyone here at Massett and Massett and All Access. Uh, to Dijon for uh, his loss. Um, But I also want to thank him for talking to us. You know, he didn't really have to talk to us, you know, director player development, minor league camp, but we got to hear from him. We're going to go through a couple of clips, some of the highlights he hit during his roughly 22 minute pressure with the media on Saturday um, and just kind of hit the highlights real quick. And we, we can revisit, you know, if this, Lockout carries on. We can revisit some other points that he talked about because it is, you know, fresh content, something to talk about. Um, and, you know, we, we've we spent a lot of this offseason, Amy, talking about the minor league guys because obviously that's new focus for the Nationals. We finally have eyes on them. Mm-hmm. You know, Dijon was out there all week looking at a lot of these guys. So be inter- it was interesting to hear what he had to say, how some of these guys progressed and and maybe some of their progress. Uh, projections for the upcoming year
2: yeah that's it's the one tough thing about covering these guys when a you're not down in west palm but b they're minor league guys so you're not always there seeing them with your own eyes some of these guys it's their first taste of the organization so to talk to somebody who's actually laying eyes on them and getting used to you know these guys himself I mean some of these guys he hasn't seen yet and he's seeing for the first time that down there in West Palm so to get his first-hand insight was really valuable and we're you know the focus is shifting to the minor league organization and we're gonna be focusing a lot on these guys so to get first-hand insight uh, is really good especially this early on yeah uh, minor league camp or yeah. early minor league camp yeah
1: know. and this is a new thing that the nationals are, are doing this year they, they, they traditionally also I mean it kind of plays in a factor that there is no major league camp right now so some of these guys would have been not roster invitees we'll hear from Dejon Watson on his thoughts about that in a little bit but you know this is something the Nationals are trying to start up And you know they, they did this whole revamping of their player development department and the front office so this is something new they're trying an early minor league camp you get a lot of the top prospects your Cavallis are down there your Rutledge's your Brady houses um A handful of the international guys, I know he said Christian Varquero will not be there. He'll probably be in the DR Academy for the remainder of the year. Uh, But, you know, it's something to, you know, get these guys a little more prepared for their upcoming season. Minor league season, of course, isn't as long as a major league season, but it's still a grind. Um, And, you know, you're just trying to track the progressions with the focus being on this minor league system. You want to get as much of these guys, as many reps and, and, and opportunities to get better as you can. And this is early camp especially with no major league camp, like I said, is a good step toward that. And like you said, also getting eyes on them and, and Dejon Watson has a, as a history of us being a scout. So you sure mm-hmm. like to hear what he has to say. Cause you know, he, this is his career. He likes watching guys and. In- and and projecting guys how how they're going to develop.
2: I mean the earlier you can get them in there even better. I said it last week the minor league guys are the ones that lost that 2020 season and they were the ones that lost out. This year it's kind of the opposite. They're getting down there early. They're getting a chance to get to camp early while the major league guys are kind of left out uh, due to the lockout but it's a combination of being able to get them reps and get them reps early and also they're kind of revamping the whole system. They're Mm -hmm. trying to you know ignite this new energy and this new system and working out those kinks early on is even better so
1: for those of you don't know just to kind of set the finish up setting the stage of what was going on down there we kind of referenced this last week but minor league camp it is camp they're not playing too many games although Dijon said that they're going to try to start working on uh, intra squad games coming up soon uh, but it was mostly just bullpen sessions batting practice uh, fielding drills stuff like that it is you know, like the early st- think of the early stages of spring training. That's what they were doing. All those kind of drills and stuff, not too many games being played. Um, I think the pitchers, a handful of pitchers that were down there only through like a handful of bullpens, I think two max. So, it, it, you know, with rest days in between. So it's nothing too strenuous on the body. Um, just getting these guys feet wet again, kind of warming up to their regular spring training, which is coming up. And then of course the regular season, um, like I said, DeJon Watson has a history uh, scout. He was a scout in the Marlins organization, I think the Reds too in Cleveland. And then he was a part of the Diamondbacks and Dodgers player development programs for a handful of years before coming over to the Nationals. He's been here for a while. He just got promoted to the director of player development mm-hmm. uh, uh, last year in the offseason. So, um, yeah, so let's first let's, let's let DeJon. Set the stage, actually, because he, of course, he was that kind of overarching views about this camp, the progress. And he mentioned the Nationals way and how they are trying to install that kind of mindset into these young players.
0: You know, we we talked about our offensive approach. We talked about um, our pitching approach and, and really, you know, being more aggressive in the zone and attacking the strike zone and offensively really trying to manage that strike zone and, and doing damage when we have the opportunity to do damage. So we've had some great conversations with our leadership team, uh, as well as our major league staff uh, earlier in the off season to kind of, you know, start building that out. And, and it's, it's an evolving um, concept and, and bridge as we build this thing. But again, it's, it's how we're going to attack the game. You know, how, we're playing a hard nine every night, uh, and we're going to be relentless in our pursuit of, of excellence.
1: How hard is it to implement, um, kind of a standard across an entire organization and how important is it to have that because you notice by the time they get to the big leagues, they've already kind of done things a certain way.
0: I think it's really important that even from the first day they get into the organization um, and you have your, your first orientation meeting, you really have to start talking about how we're going to play and how the Washington nationals play the game. Uh, they're obviously watching the big league games as well, but, but you see how they, they go about running the bases and it's a learn. I think it's a learn skill really of, of your brand of play. Um, having done this before with another organization, we felt like we we started from ground zero, ground zero, and built uh, our, our pitching philosophy and how we wanted to our, our deliveries to be presented, uh, how our first to third offensive package played for us, as well as our defensive package, and, and, and with playing with no no panic uh, on the defensive side of the baseball. So I think it's a learned skill that we we try and implement at every level. Uh, we're going to make sure that we're we're being disciplined about there being no little things in the game, and it's about execution and being able to manage a game under control. And again, being relentless in our pursuit.
1: So that's an interesting way of looking at it by Dijon. I mean, in, in the Nationals way, we haven't really heard that before. You know, we kind of, we talked about a lot about the culture, right? Like the, the Major League Club has a great culture for a long time under the tutelage of Mike Rizzo, now Davey Martinez. You hear a lot of mantras, like go want to know every day. If you're not with us, you're in our, you're in our way, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But the Nationals way, that's more of like describing the actual culture from the whole organization down and. And I like what Dijon said. I mean, the, what that doesn't just apply to, like, off-the-field stuff and, like, personalities, but it, on, with, as it relates to on the field, all about the strike zone. Attacking mm-hmm. the strike zone if you're a pitcher on the mound, uh, pounding it with, you know, whatever pitch you have, and then as a hitter doing damage in it. Once like that, that ball's that, yeah. in there, do damage. And, you know... I think immediately of obviously Max Scherzer is no longer with the Nationals, but he's one to always preach. To once you're out of the strike zone, you're not going to be do have a lot of success. And then you know, look on the other side of the of the the pitch, I suppose. Juan Soto is one of the best, if not the best, in the in the business right now in terms of doing damage to balls in the strike zone. And that's kind of the mindset that Dijon trying to install in these young players, whether you're a pitcher or a position player.
2: Exactly, and I liked what he said about it. Being all, it all comes down to discipline and playing under yeah. control, and how it's a learned skill, and it starts in the minor league. So if they're trying to set, a you know a certain turn. Ter- Tone mm-hmm. the Nationals way. It has to start from the minor leagues up, and yeah. I know that you asked him about, um, you know, these minor leaguers, not the ones that would have gotten invited to big league camp, not getting the opportunity to play with those major leaguers, see what they do both on the field and off the field. And he was kind of like, yeah, like he, he kind of understood that part of it, but also it has to start with them. Yeah, um, and I think he's trying to establish that not only with the players, but they also added 14 new roles to this player development staff right. with 20 new members to this player development staff. So it's kind of a learning process all around. He said it's it, it's an involving concept uh, but it starts with that discipline, playing under control, um, both at the plate and and as pitchers.
1: And it goes all the way far off to even like into the kitchen. I mean, John was asked an in-depth question about their new uh, food Nutritist, specialist, nutritionist, yeah. and it's like, you know, take that discipline that you're learning on the field, apply it to your eating habits and how you take care of your body and stuff like that—that that all and kind of encompasses this new thing they're calling the Nationals Way and installing on in their young players. So it's you know it's off the field stuff too. It's you know being your best off the field, being disciplined, like you said, and you know think of your career as the strike zone. You want to attack that strike zone or you, and be disciplined within it. Um, Because if you start to waver, that's when things can go wrong Mm -hmm. for you, whether you're, you know, a batter or or a pitcher. So, yeah, it kind of applies off the field. So not to get too deep or too meta about all this stuff, but, you know, that's what it means. It means applying stuff, all aspects. And and, like you said, the 14 new positions going all the way down to that nutritionist who is, you know. She she has a job too, and she's taking like he was like she's taking like in depth data about each guy and what their eating habits and and what you know how many calories they need a day and stuff like that and applying to specific nutritional plans for each player. Again, this is the minor leagues. This is not the major league club that they're investing all this time, money, and effort into. These are the minor league guys, guys that may never make the major leagues. Guys that you might not see up with the Nationals for a handful of years. Um, and they're starting it now, like you said, starting it now. So it works your way up. The, the Nationals didn't need a whole cultural turnover, but the, the organization is taking a new direction, right? So you need kind of a, a, a base for that. And, and kind of head in the right way and that's starting with these these this minor league camp these young players and this now so-called nationals way
2: which i think you like to see and it only makes you feel more confident in the rebuild that they're you know investing from every different angle whether it's the technology you know hiring people to analyze and interpret that data from that technology nutritionists you know on the field off the field they're kind of hitting it from every angle and it didn't have to come from you know, I mean, yes, it's coming from a rebuild, but it didn't have to come from, you know, something crazy, you know, right. where they had to fire their GM or, you know, they they didn't have to. They're rebuilding and the focus is on the minor leagues and it didn't have to come from a tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: and like I said, we're not going to get to every single point that Dijon talked about. It was a 20, I want to say 22 minute interview. The whole yep. interview or sorry, press conference and uh, its completion is on the Madison Nationals YouTube page. So if there's parts that we're talking about that sound interesting to you that we don't get to into depth, go watch the whole thing. It's on our YouTube channel. Um, because, you know, you know, depending, like I said, depending on the lockout, we could probably revisit some of the stuff he's talking about. But one of the things that you just touched on that he touched on a lot that we're not going to dive into too much today is like the technology. And he even gave credit to ownership being like they've invested in a lot in technological technological advances in terms of helping us gather data and help young players it's again not just for the major league roster it's for all the guys in AAA A AA, high A low single A rookie level mm-hmm. um you know Dominican Summer League whatever you know they're investing a lot into this f- their their future right it's an investment into their future because The next wave of Nationals, hopefully World Series champions, are coming from this young group that we're probably not going to see for a while. And so it starts right now. That way, when they get to the Nationals, they're already used to kind of everything that they're being taught, all the data, you know. Food programs, whatever it may be, strength and conditioning. Whether they're already used to it because they've done it since day one when they stepped at West Palm Beach uh, as a rookie,
2: which is good to see. Because yeah, because the Nationals were competitive for a good decade, and all of the money. I'm not to say all of the money, but a good. They were focused on the major league team, right? So to see them put this these resources into the into the minors is is good, and that's what it's going to take. I mean, is investment in technology investment in new positions um you know finding the way kind of um then that's going to take them finding their footing along the way it's not like they have this concept the nationals way and that's what's going to work and he said it's going to continue to evolve and that's what it's going to take but they're investing the resources and that's the most important thing i mean that's kind of your baseline and then you can build up from there
1: right much like this rebuild in and of itself it's not going to happen overnight it it takes time like Again, I, the Nationals don't need a cultural upheaval, but with a new change in direction, this is kind of what's coming along with it. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take some time. It's going to take time for, you know, your Cavalli's house's religious to graduate. So the new wave of guys, you know, that's how you start building up a culture and a tradition and, and through from the organization from top to bottom is by graduating and then the next wave and then the next wave and the next wave. So hopefully... You know, Microsoft always talks in one, three, and five year plans. You know, hopefully, in next year, it's a little different, a little bit better. Three years from now, it's a lot better. Five years from now, it's like a whole thing. And now we're, you know, it's just like expected that once you're drafted, selected, signed with into the Nationals or organization, here's what's expected of you because everyone who has come before you has now done this.
2: Mm-hmm. And you kind of know going into it, you know, right. when you're, they're, they're scouting you, they're, they're they're looking at you. You know what the concept is, and they even really had to adapt. This year, because you know they're they're gonna have yeah. to figure out how to get guys innings when major league camp starts mm-hmm. and the non-roster non-ros- invites, and uh, they're they're just kind of figuring out everything out as they go because they had to because of the lockout and the way things are. So yep. maybe they'll find things that particularly work that they might not have even tried had they not been in this situation.
1: Well, you touched on it a little bit earlier, and you just brought it back to that point right now. And I, you know, this is something I think I even said last week that I was like I was curious to see how this is gonna work out in terms of minor league guys being down there, and then who knows when Major League Camp starts and how is that going to work out. I think I, that's what I wrote about on MassInsports.com too, uh, for Saturday morning, is like, how is this going to work out when minor league seasons are possibly starting when we finally get to Major League Spring Training? Because you know, a lot of these guys are would have been non-roster invitees. Cavalli would have been. Rutledge would have been maybe not house, but who, you know, possibly just because he's such a recent draft pick, Cole, Cole Henry, who we'll talk about in a little bit as well. So I asked to John, he kind of was asked about a couple of times uh, also by Mark Zuckerman, you know, how is this going to work? What's the plan for these minor league guys? Once guys on the 40 man roster start showing up and major league spring training gets into full swing.
0: Well, they, they've kind of blended into our our camp here, our early camp. And, and again, there are some kids that are Non forty that are in our camp as well that are that were you know possibly going to be invited to major league camp, so you have to get them prepared for the upcoming season. I'm getting these guys prepared for the upcoming minor league season. Um, we're not going to, uh, I would say, overextend anyone. You know that has an opportunity to, to compete for a, a spot. Once this thing ends, um, we're going to make sure they're prepared though for when they open the gates and open the doors for the other side. They're ready to go as soon as they come in the room.
1: So. Um, And I don't know if there's something you can answer or not, but like one way or another, would these guys be pitching in regular season games come April? Or is there a chance they would still, you know, if a big league camp is still going on, would they stay down there? I guess where's the priority there?
0: You know, I can't really speak on that other than the fact that we're going to have these guys available when big league camp starts or the guys that are in early camp that had big league invites. they'll They'll be ready to compete for an opportunity to be on that big league club. Um, will they be further along? Because, we, because again, we'll be playing some some games here internally, minor league games, you know, as, well, as far as scrimmages, uh, inter-squad. So they're going to get working um, and we won't put them in a situation where, they, you know, that they wouldn't be prepared. That's for sure. I think what's so great about it is that you have, you know, you have all these fields here so we can get at bats where at bats are needed. Um, if we're playing games already at the, at the, you know, the minor league side when they, they do arrive, again, they jump into those lineups. So we'll have to offset and do some inter-squad games. We'll figure out ways to skin this uh, and make sure that everybody is prepared when they get ready to leave and go compete uh, at whatever league they're going to. So that is, again, just really adjusting based on how they are physically when they get here and how much work they've done prior to arriving. Uh, And then, we'll again, we'll we'll be able to ramp them up properly.
1: How important or beneficial could that be for the young prospects, Uh, just that experience in a major league camp with the older guys around, um, especially with your young pitchers and talking to guys like Strauss and, and Corbin and guys like that?
0: It's, it's always really important because, again, we're talking about growth. We're talking about watching how, you know, really successful players uh, go about their business, how they manage their bullpens, how they manage their off days and what they're doing in between their their, their throwing days. So all those things are important. And you know, they'll still get those opportunities because we're going to have a, you know, a some for, some form of a big league spring training. So you just have to wait and see, again, what they get. Um, they may not get the full uh, load of every day being with them, but we'll, we'll find ways to make this work. And again, I, I think they'll be prepared when it's time to go out and play.
1: It's very clear the purpose for these young guys down there right now, right? They like I, we kind of said earlier, but Dijon right there also confirming like they are getting ready for their minor league seasons, lockout be damned, right? I mean they're they're not affected by this lockout at all, so they're ready for their season. Like we said, uh, the the minor league teams are going to play on, and so you know whether whatever happens with the forty man roster and the major league players. The guys that are currently there, they're ramping up for their seasons. Yes, it would have been nice if they would have been able to attend a normal spring training. They would have had a lot of Mm -hmm. value in that, learning from some of the veteran guys to seeing how they go about their business, etc. But the point of this was to get ready for their uh, regular seasons and if it all works out at the time it works out they still might get a chance to compete for some major league jobs uh, as they normally would have if the spring training would have started on time
2: right exactly you said you know they have lots of fields down there at that complex they can get everybody in they can make different stuff work Um, but his goal right now is getting these guys ready for the minor league season and make sure make Making sure that he's not overextending anybody, especially the ones that do have a chance to compete for the spot on, on the 40-man roster. So they're focused on their season, developing these guys, because at the end of the day, they're going to open up their season no matter what yeah. the situation with the major league team is. And and that's the most important thing. And that's what he's focused on. And that's really his job.
1: And that also kind of co- comes back to like him talking about the investment from ownership, too, because the ownership, obviously, with the Astros as well, but invested into this new facility in West Palm Beach. And part of that was to have everyone under the same roof at the same time, minor league camp included. Even after, let's say, like look at last year, even after Kay Cavalli or Jackson Rutledge is optioned down to minor league camp um, away from Major League Spring Training, they're still in the same vicinity. Locker room is different, sure, but they're down the hall from the major league guys. They're still in the backfields next to the major league guys. So you you still have that kind of, like, crossing over a little bit. I mean, you're not working directly day-to-day like they would in camp, but you're still, you know, if you're Brady house and you're walking back and you're seeing Juan Soto taking extra BP, doesn't that kind of make you want to do some more, too, as well? So... Uh, thinking back all the way back to the Vieira days, I only ever went to one spring training in Vieira and the minor league camp was so far away and she just didn't have that mm-hmm. cohesion. And now they do. So that's like another investment from ownership. So not that you plan for this scenario exactly, a pandemic, they now a lockout, but you know when something like this comes up, it's helpful. You have everyone in the same area um, and then it allows guys, even if, um, you know, if it's a short period of time that, these young prospects, top prospects, have a chance to compete for a major league job. Once they're, you know, assumed that they're optioned out, they're they're not going, like, 20 miles north or whatever it may be, far away. So it's all kind of together, and that keeps the team co- together.
2: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Dij- Dijon, oh,
1: <laughs> Dijon. Geez,
2: Dijon said it. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, when you're talking about what these guys are doing on the field and off the field and for pitchers watching the Corbins and Strasburgs, they can watch them on TV. It's not the same. Nothing replaces working right alongside of them, actually talking to them, them, you know, being hands-on and helping Mm -hmm. you. But at the end of the day, if you really want to see what they do on and off the field, you can watch them on TV. But they have to be focused about their development down there and getting ready for
1: the season. And he also kind of hinted that, like, it's not just what they do on the field on TV. It's what happens, like, in between. Mm -hmm. Like, what you can't. Like, if we're watching a game, we what we don't see is what Steven Strasburg is looking at on the iPad in the dugout in between innings or like during a commercial break. You can't get that if you're watching on TV. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's helpful, but it's not the same as being right next to him exactly. during his spring yeah.
0: training.
1: Uh, all right, well, we talked about a handful of these guys already. We mentioned them off the cuff. Of course, Dejon Watson was asked specifically about a handful of guys, some of their top prospects. First ones, of course, that come to mind are Kay Cavalli and Jackson Rutledge. They're top two pitching prospects. Uh, Kay Cavalli is uh, pretty much universally ranked as the national number one prospect. Uh, I think Jackson Rutledge is around third, uh, maybe not for, if in some publications. He's a little lower, but he's the next pitcher usually listed um, and these guys have big seasons coming up for different reasons. You know, Rutledge has, we've talked about this a lot, so just a quick recap, but Rutledge had a very injury-plagued 2021 year, um, finished off the Arizona Fall League pretty well. Cade Cavalli, of course, skyrocketed through the farm system, got to A and really struggled, um, you know, but he's still learning how to pitch, you know, command issues, stuff like that. So, of course, Dijon was asked about these two guys. The first part of this answer um, was about Jackson Rutledge. I don't think he mentions in my name. And then the second part is about Kate Cavalli. So here's what he had to say about the Nats' two top pitching prospects.
0: You know, with Jackson, he's been working on his delivery, which is a lot better um, from the fall league to where we are right now. It's really about pitch usage, understanding how his mix is going to play and, and how to attack the hitters uh, that he's facing. So those are some of the areas that we're going to really focus on coming out of camp. And um and really you have to hone in on, on the role. What does he fit? Is he a starter? Is he a reliever? Really understanding the dynamic of the skills and how they play for us and how are they going to play for us in the future? Right now he's in their starting rotation. Will they keep him the, in the rotation? Um, but it's again, you know, we're, we're trying to get the best arms uh, up the up the minor league system as quick as we can to be able to provide insurance for our big league club. And, and for all these kids, it's about getting to the big leagues and putting them in the best place to achieve their goals and dreams as well.
2: Mm-hmm. What's like the next step. What
0: does he need to do to make that? I think he's still evolving and growing as a pitcher. You're talking about a two-way player out of college who's just, you know, really been starting for a couple of years now. So there's some some lessons to be learned, understanding how to, you know, um, be successful with his mix. He's gonna have days where he feels great physically. He's gonna have days when he's not feeling as well, but still have to compete to keep the club in the in the game and, and stay competitive. Um, you know, understanding how to pitch if he's given up a lead early, how do you, you know, sustain that? And so, all those lessons that I think he, he still has to learn and he will learn over time, uh, those are some of the areas for me and, uh, and that he, I think he still needs to close down and we'll work on that here in camp and, and as we get out of camp. So, it'll be fun.
1: Like we said at the top of the show, it's good that these guys are actually doing baseball activities, and we have some eyes on them. So, you know, the top two guys, let's start with Jackson Rutledge. Some interesting notes here. The first thing that jumps out at me, Amy, is that he, Dejon Watson kind of threw out the idea that he could possibly be a bullpen option later in his career uh, as a reliever, but currently still a, a starter in the rotation. He's going to keep going as a, as a starter. But unprovoked, DeJon Watson kind of threw out that idea that Rutledge could eventually maybe move to a reliever role.
2: Mhm and we talked about this what 3 weeks ago when mm-hmm. we t- we dove into Jackson Rutledge and his future with this team and really ever since he's been drafted he has been injured and and he's really struggled um, kind of on the contrary to Cade Cavalli. So yeah. Knock uh, on wood right and you know in the arizona fall league we saw him kind of make some leaps towards the end of arizona fall league in that championship game and DeJon said that he he likes where he's at um, and where he's come since then but the biggest thing for him is of course his command he was drafted for that fastball slider combo and he just has to work on his on locating them and then developing that third pitch which is going to be really important and i'm sure that's what he's already working on whether yeah. it's going to be his curveball whether it's going to be his change up and And then repeating his delivery. So all of those things kind of combined are what what Jackson Rutledge has to be focused on. And I imagine at the end of this season or even towards the middle of the season, it is when you're going to really get a good look at Jackson Rutledge's fate, whether it's going to be in the bullpen or in the rotation in the future.
1: Just a combined little over 36 innings over 13 starts for Jackson Rutledge um, in 2021 over Wilmington, Fredericksburg. Um, in the rookie level league, uh, where he was, uh, he made two starts there, just kind of uh, uh, rehabbing uh, one of his various injuries, and then um, the uh, the six outings, four starts in the Arizona Fall League. So obviously, not a lot to go by from last year, but yeah, he's just kind of working his way back. You mentioned the the pitch mix that he's still working on. Dejon mentioned the delivery he's still t- kind of tweaking. Um, it, it will be interesting to see. I mean, like he said, he's. Going to continue as a starter. The plan is for him to be a starter for right now. But who knows? Maybe... It's also interesting, though, because he was drafted as a starter. He has been nothing but a starter the entire time Jackson Rolich has been here. The only time we've seen him come out of the bullpen was those two games in the Arizona Fall League, right? Yeah. So um, it was just interesting that he brought that up kind of unprovoked and that that's been something that's been tossed around already. You can tell that maybe Mm -hmm. he opened the door a little too much there, but it's like, huh, I don't think we've ever... Heard them cons- actually say it, say that, and I mean, sure, you and I tossed it around, but sure, but it's like, yeah, but you know, he was a first round pick, but back in 2019, so you don't give up on a, a starter that quickly, but you know, they're thinking about it at least,
2: and that's what it comes down to. I mean, them thinking about moving him to the bullpen at this point is purely a reflection of you know his trouble so far in the yeah. minor leagues I mean you don't and I think the reason that they haven't moved him to the bullpen and you only saw those few appearances out of the bullpen is because they don't want to give up on their a first round draft pick that quick you give him a chance he's been injured there's a lot of things that go into that so I'm sure they're still working on him working on it and it's a work in progress clearly but you're still hoping that one day he can be a starter for you but if things don't click this year I can't imagine that that's still they're going to be their plan long term
1: yeah yeah and we'll see how the picks mi- picks i can't say that pitch mix mm-hmm. works out um and, and the season develops like you say will he develop that third pitch will that be a really good go-to pitch for him? because i think a lot hinders hinders on that right because if you do if you have a really good third pitch probably more likely to be a starter mm-hmm. if it takes a while to come along or if it's not as sharp as you would think it would be maybe he is exactly. with a power fastball and and uh, was it a change-up or a slider as a second pitch that's working really well? Yeah, slider. Slider. That could play better as a bullpen arm. And for the record, for his entire professional career, only two starts out of the bullpen Arizona Fall League. Every other outing has been a start in the national system, but he didn't make 10 appearances for Arkansas back in 2018 in college. So it's something he has done before. He was 19 years old. But it wouldn't be completely foreign from Jackson Rutledge if he were to move to the bullpen. So something to keep in mind.
2: Yep. And then talking about Cade Cavalli. You know, kind of, he's still, he was a two-way player in college. He's still really maturing, honing in on pitching, and that's what this early spring training and this year is going to look like for Cade Cavalli. Yes, he made it up to AAA, but he struggled there, and it's just going to be a matter of commanding his off-speed stuff, maturing, you know, not getting down when you you get behind early on, and that's kind of their focus and hope for Cade Cavalli as he he matures to the season. And um, Rich commented on Facebook who do we think the first player going to be called up from AAA this season? And Cade Cavalli could be one of the first ones that we see in
1: 2022. Yeah, definitely for sure. And of the prospects, you know, this is not like, let's say, for the option, I, I don't think Austin Voth or Eric Fetty have options anymore, but, you know, someone like that, or right. Andrew Stevenson, someone like that, and then call it. Like, yeah,
2: somebody off this, no, making No, like an actual debut. prospect, yeah, yeah,
1: making a debut. Kate Cavalli is definitely on that list. Yeah, look, I mean, it we talked a lot about it was incredibly impressive what cake Cavali did in his first not just full season season period as a professional playing actual professional games because of course 2020 there was no minor league season when the year he was drafted and to go from low a all the way to triple a in one season is very impressive and coupled with the fact that he was a two way player in college and he has not been a full-time pitcher for very long. is even more impressive. But like Dejon said, and like you alluded to, he's still learning. He's right. He's there's a lot of once you get to that higher level of baseball, there's a lot of nuances for that you kind of have to still learn and pick up. And he's still doing that, and that's fine. That's good. I mean, Cade's 22, I think. Mm-hmm. He's still a very young guy he has plenty of time to learn. And he's got the stuff. You know, if you're watching right now on Facebook or YouTube, some of the highlights uh, with the Blue Rocks in Wilmington. I mean he's just blowing guys away. We know how long he led the minors, all of the minors and strikeouts. But when it gets to double AA, a triple a, that's where you really need to rely on secondary stuff and be able to place them. Um, because mm-hmm. location has been an issue for K the, we saw the walks go up really high at a high rate once he got to double a AA and triple a. And that's kind of what Dejon Watson's alluding to. You know, he needs to be disciplined and learn that stuff and stay within the strike zone because once he had the command wasn't quite there yet. And that's fine. Like I said, all the reasons are fine, but kind of want to see that progression go. I mean, I would expect him probably just I mean, I guess he could start triple a. I, I would say he would start at double a and get an early promotion triple a, but you never know. Uh, just so he can continue to work on that um, uh, command and and, and, and uh, pitch placement.
2: Yep, and he got a great start in the minor leagues last year. He threw 125 innings across all three levels, which is a mm-hmm. different story uh, than when we're talking about the inning count for a lot of these guys. So he got a good first taste of the minor leagues, and it's going to be just continuing to build on that. Um, at the, I mean, these guys have only thrown like two bullpens so far right. uh, in early spring training, and Dejean Watson said it, the important thing is that you know they're getting them ready for the minor minor league season, but you're also preparing them to pitch an entire season and you can't blow out their arm so early on. So um, I, I'll be curious to see a how quick he moves up, mm-hmm. where he starts, um, and if he's truly ready You know, and I I can't imagine that they're going to rush him. Uh, They did push him through the minors really quick last year, uh, moving him up to AAA. And he deserved it for the most part. He didn't really struggle. And
1: there was no harm in doing that late in the season at that point. Like I think we talk about it when it happens, like – the, Nas didn't, the nationals didn't have a minor league team that was like, competing for a playoff spot, so it didn't really matter.
2: Yeah, He's important that he. Yeah, he was getting innings somewhere. Yeah, it was just it's the most for important him. thing. So I'll be curious to see how quick they they move him up, um, in the progression of him and what you know, Dejon Watson has to say about him in a few months.
1: I have to admit, and this Conch kind of popped into my head, um, and we can talk about it more as the minor league season gets underway and we figure out where kid actually will start. But I. Do get nervous, and I'm very cautious. I will be extremely cautious with him about possibly an injury bug hitting him. He doesn't have a history of it. But I'm just thinking of all the factors, not being a full-time pitcher, not just starter pitcher for very long, not having a 2020 season, and then throwing all those innings basically for the first time last year. Great success. Got out of it fine, but can you come back and – I mean, how much – Time off did he give his arm and how much how long is it gonna take for him to revamp? I mean, I just worry that the workload for a guy who has not traditionally been a pitcher for very long makes with a year essentially a year off, I think it could catch up to him quickly. And I you just hope that knock on wood, that nothing bad happens or something, you know, he just gets mm-hmm. or even just gets worn down and gets tired, you know, by yeah. August. You right. just hope, I mean maybe last year it was like so much adrenaline being his first year in the majors and and climbing up the farm system so quickly now that he's been there done that, you just hope that it doesn't kind of catch up to him and 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 something bad happens not I, yeah, I'm not of course not asking for that or hoping for it, but it's just something I would be cautious about
2: right because I mean he had like a little bit of injury history in college with mm-hmm. the, with the back and arm stuff not as much as these other guys that we talk about with their injury history um, and then he threw a lot of innings last year so yeah it's just a matter of finding the balancing act getting his arm ready we saw a lot of you know in the short and spring training we saw a lot of pitchy pitchers getting injured at a much higher rate uh, so so you hope that, you know, you don't see this year. But I yeah. think getting there early, you know, working up, having longer to work up, um, you know, to the full season workload, it, it will be helpful.
1: Speaking of coming back from an injury or working up arm strength and, and missing time, a guy that uh, you and I touched on a little bit last week, we've talked a lot about this offseason, Cole Henry. He broke into Fangraph's top 100 prospect rankings uh, last year, or excuse me, last week. And uh, has now climbed up a lot of. Pro- I mean, he's now can he be that third of like a triple-headed monster between Cavalli, Rutledge, and now Henry in uh, terms of Nash, Nats starting pitching prospects. Had a lot of injuries last year. Shorten he pitched very well in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, I, I asked to John Watson, what is Cole Henry doing right now in terms of early camp and getting ready for the season, and what are kind of his expectations for the young pitcher out of LSU?
0: He is here. Uh, he is in camp. And he's looked good in his two bullpens. Um, he's, he's coming back from the fall league where I thought he pitched well in the fall league. We've been kind of slow with him. We just want to make sure we're managing his innings for the year to make sure that, uh, again, we, we get him to the end of the season and have a full season, being able to compete for a full year. I'm not sure if he's done that yet uh, from just looking at the raw data. So we're just trying to make sure we're we're managing him properly in this camp to, to get him to the finish
1: line. Cole Hunter only managed to pitch 47 innings last year. Uh, between Wilmington and the uh, Florida Coast uh, Complex League, the rookie level, uh, as he was rehabbing an injury. So another guy that needs to kind of re- ramp up his arm, uh, much like Jackson Rutledge. Here's some footage of him, I think, from the Arizona Fall League. He pitched very well in that. We talked about that before on our previous podcast, at 7, 379 ERA, excuse me, a 332 ERA. Good, goodness, uh, over 19 innings in Arizona. Um, but just, you know, it's... It's an old adage, not an even an adage, but it's just you know the, the traditional. Yeah, he's got to get back, got to get back up mm-hmm. to his arm strength, and uh, he's kind of bouncing back. And I think Dejon said we're just hoping he can pitch a full season, and then we can evaluate where we're at with him. Yeah,
2: exactly. Did really well in those eight starts at High A last year, but did have that elbow so- soreness, which is why he only pitched. 13 innings in 2021. So, you know, making sure he's ready to pitch for an an entire season, being slow with him, managing him well, that's a combination of probably influence coming from all sides. You know, not only coaches on the field, but then you have trainers and yada, yada. So getting him healthy, getting him prepared to pitch for a full season and then seeing, being able to see the success that he had in the Arizona Fall League, Uh, second most of any pitchers. He had 30 strikeouts in the Arizona Fall League. So you liked what you saw there just staying healthy, which we talk about with a lot of these guys.
1: Yeah, we talked – well, we get, we've mentioned a couple of times, you know, it's good to get eyes on these guys. We don't have a lot of eyes on Cole Henry. He just hasn't pitched as mm-hmm. many games or as many innings yet. So, like Dejon said, seeing him pitch a lot this year, hopefully get through a full season unscathed in terms of injury, and, you know, then we can kind of reassess him as a, as a pitcher where he, he kind of – his future looks like with the Nationals – both as a pitcher and as a player going forward.
2: Yeah, and these early bullpens are especially important for players like Cole and it's Henry. it's just two, but still. Right, exactly. The Cole Henry, other players that are pitchers specifically that are trying to, you know, you move up the ranks. Yeah, yeah. you kind of know what you're getting out of Jackson Rutledge and Kate Cavalli um, for the most part. But it's the Cole Henry's rising up. Some of these other pitchers, uh, getting eyes on them now is important.
1: Kind of... Uh, Opposite. I mean, they're kind of similar in terms of they're bouncing back from injuries, but the opposite. Whereas Jackson Rutledge is deliberately tweaking his delivery. I think now the eyes on Cole Henry be like, hopefully he's not tweaking his delivery because you know injuries, especially with pitchers, you once you get back, you feel like you don't want to overcompensate, trying not to hurt yourself mm-hmm. in the same spot, and then you hurt yourself somewhere else. So does he can Can you keep that delivery? Can he does it look good? Does it look good, natural, healthy? Um, I think that's something that probably DeJean and his other scouts and trainers are looking at at Cole Henry during early camp and going into minor league camp. All right, one more guy, big name, of course, uh, the number one pick from last year in the first round, 11th overall, Brady House. Um, first taste of big professional ball camp. You know, I, the Nationals had some good content on their social medias featuring Dan Colco. Uh, had a good like day with Brady walking around the paddock cage. I mean, the kid isn't big. I mean, mm-hmm. I it's I can use that as a scale cuz I know how big I am standing next to Dan and then seeing him stand <laughs> next to Brady it's like, oh my gosh. The
2: Danometer. He's
1: 18 years old and he's this big like goodness. Mm-hmm. The Danometer exactly. But um yeah, Dejon Watson of course was asked about Brady House, uh how he's looked so far in his first taste of big league camp and an important question, will he stick at shortstop?
0: Man, you're trying to get my business in the streets early here. Hold on a second. We haven't played a minor league game but no. <laughs> Brady is, uh, he looks good here in camp early. Um, I think the biggest thing is really understanding how to play the position of shortstop. We're, we're working on that extensively here. He's getting lots of early work. There's some things we just need to clean up on the defensive side of the baseball. Uh, I think his offensive skills will take care of itself, really understanding how to manage his game and how how pitchers are trying to attack him. So we'll just kind of, we'll, again, play that by ear. Um, if we were, you know, leaving tomorrow, I would say, yeah, he'd have really a chance of making an eight ball roster coming out of camp be patient uh let's let let's let his skills kind of play out let's uh let us get our our hands a little dirty as as we're trying to work on cleaning up the the footwork and and just you know the baseball feel and iq and you have to remember he's coming from a high school program we sure he played on national stage with all the showcases but the, the competition once you get here in professional baseball everything turns up the velocity of the ball off the bat is a lot greater understanding where you need to be positioning now we have some more advanced information that we can help him with getting himself in a better position to fill the field balls and where balls are going to be hit. So we're going to do everything we can to, to see if this is uh, the natural position for him. Again, I come from I had another really tall shortstop I had over in that other place in the West coast, and he's still playing and got a whole lot of money just recently. So I'm saying that this is give this thing a little time. Let's see how it works itself out. Um, and, and again, we have young, really good young infielders. Uh, Rivero is another exceptional shortstop. Um, a Cruz who just got here. So, we, you know, it's nothing wrong with learning the game at the, in the middle of the diamond. That's one of the best places to learn it and, if we do decide to move him over, we'll, we'll, we'll address that at that time.
1: So, uh, a big question, an important question right there that's on everyone's kind of mind is uh, about Brady House, uh, whether or not he will stick at shortstop. Uh, you know, the bat, he talked about, DeJon Watson talked about the bat right there. You know, that's not a concern right now. The skills will play, he'll grow into them, he'll show his power. But Brady House said on his draft night, he wants to stick at shortstop. He's a big guy, he thinks he can play the position full time. There have been questions of whether or not he can move over to third base. You and I have talked about it a little bit, but now that we've actually seen, well, you and I haven't seen him, the Nationals have now seen him at the position, you know, at minor league camp as opposed to just, you know, the Florida complex league last year during the summer. Uh, You know, it's, it's an important question. I mean, Dijon said, you know, there's a lot of cleanup there. So Mm -hmm. I, it's, you know, they're obviously open to the idea of moving him to third, whether or not Brady can hold on to shortstop, that's going to be completely up to him. But, Dejan referenced that there's some there's some cleaning up to do uh, in terms of his fielding at shortstop.
2: Right. I mean, you first hear his size, you're like, no way. Right. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, they drafted him as a shortstop, so they're going to do what they can to clean up his defense. And it, like Dijon, D- I can't say it,
1: Bobby. <laughs> we It's really. This is just, what happens. This much. is what happens. When you have spent three months in a
2: lockout. yeah, and Now
1: we're on March 1st whoosh. and we're still in a lockout and we're just, we're losing. I'm going to start
2: calling him Watson. It's, it's just going <laughs> to have to happen. Watson. Watson. Yeah. Just like you said, I mean, the positioning at shortstop is different in the big leagues. There's a higher velocity of the bat and it's just kind of getting a feel for the position um, at the big league level. So they're, they're going to work on that. Get hands on. This is the first time he's really getting hands on with him um, before they even think about moving him. And then, of course, at the plate, you know, learning how pitchers are attacking him. It, it's all an adjustment process. But he's young. He's a high school kid. Came right out, fresh out of high school. Um, so he's a work in progress. But you know, getting down there, getting hands on, getting started is
1: good news. 18 years old won't be 19 until June. So very young, very raw talent still. I mean, again, we're not. Were no concerns about his bat. Uh, I think the offense will, will play. Um, they saw that he's able to hit to all fields. Of course, this plays good power as well. So that's not really a concern. It's the defense. And, and you know, Watson uh, made a, uh, <laughs> a comparison to someone he saw previously in a previous stop in L.A., a tall shortstop. And that's, of course, Corey Seager. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was for a long time, you know, this, this notion that big guys can't play shortstop. And I think, not Not I think, it's fact. We are seeing bigger shortstops than we've ever seen. You know, of course, Kyle Ripken, looking back all the way to Kyle Ripken, you know, one of my favorite players ever growing up, was probably one of, if not the, like, first big shortstop that you think of with their crazy athletic ability to go side to side um, and a strong arm. Now you look at today's game, you got Corey Seager, Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado was a big shortstop, but, of course, now moved mm-hmm. over to third base, you know. Yes, guys like Trey Turner do exist and are very valuable to teams, but just because you're a big, lanky athletic kid doesn't mean you can't play this position. It's just a matter of, you know, will he develop into that? I mean, it's and that might not be entirely up to Brady. Maybe it just doesn't work out, and that's fine. I, I, I say give it an honest try. Give it a go. If it works out, great. You have a you you drafted at a, a high pro a high prospect at a premium position in shortstop. And if not, there's no shame in playing third, but Manny Machado did it. Right. Manny Machado is an all-star. It, it, <laughs> so there's not, it's, it's, there's a precedent for that. And it's, you know, it's not going to hinder Brady very often. And there might be, we talked about it too, there might be even a better opening for him at third base. Mm-hmm. And a path to the majors.
2: Yeah, and they said down in the Florida Complex League, he was making all the plays. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure these are just, you know, cleaning his his defensive play up. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's not making the plays. He's out there making errors. It's just making them more efficiently, looking better at shortstop. Um, And just cleaning some of that stuff up that doesn't necessarily play at the big league level.
1: He has a strong arm as well. Of course, that plays uh, when you have to make, you know, plays on ground balls deep Mm -hmm. in the hole at short. Um, and it also play. He has to move over to third. Dejon Watson stressed patience in that clip. He's got to be patient in all aspects of the game. You know, young guy. You know, young eighteen year old getting a taste of, of professional baseball. Get antsy, get excited, but you're also learning a lot. You're also developing a lot. So be patient with it. You know, you know. When I grew up playing, I'm sure a coach says, you know, let the ball come to you and make the play. You don't go chasing after it mm-hmm. because then that's how it's going to get away from you. Um, you know, try to slow the game down. I'm sure everything's going really fast for Brady right now. And it's only minor league camp, right? Mm -hmm. So wait till the actual game start and he's, you know, playing at Wilmington or Fredericksburg. Then things are going to start picking up. So try to slow the game down and be patient. um, Let your skills kind of take care of the rest. Let your natural skills to take over,
2: right? But at the end of the day, he was a high school kid. You know, you have yeah. farther to go with the development of these players. Um, and then, of course, offensively, the bat's not a worry. Uh, yeah. not a worry, he has the power, he has the bat speed. Um, I don't think that's so much of his concern. It's just adjusting to major league pitching, yeah. how they're attacking you as a hitter. Yeah,
1: so great stuff from Dejon Watson over his meeting with the media this past weekend. We thank him for that for his time. And if we thank Nationals PR for helping us set that up. Uh, again, if you missed any part of the show or what Dijon said um, or want to go and hear what else he had to say on other topics that we touched on, you can watch, go watch the full press conference on the Masson Nationals YouTube channel. It's in its entirety right there. Also on the Masson app. You can check it out on the app as well. Uh, Big thanks to Brendan Mortensen for producing today's show. Of course, like I said, stay tuned to MassInSports.com and National social media feeds for updates on the the negotiations between the Players Union and the league later today. We'll have you updated throughout the course of the afternoon and throughout the course of the week, however long this takes. Um, at Amy Jennings News for Amy, I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be live every single week. Be sure to follow the Mass and All Access podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and or SoundCloud. Wherever you get podcasts, you can find the Mass and All Access podcast. And whether or not there's baseball, you can watch us live every single week, usually in matching colors and matching shirts. Yeah. So well, as the warmer gets up, we out the short sleeve T-shirts. Thanks again for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you later.